The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Meet United Nations Ambassador W. Aubrey Webson. Welcome to ACB Reports for January 2018. During its annual conference, the American Council of the Blind includes a presentation from an international guest speaker. In 2017, that speaker was W. Aubrey Webson, United Nations Ambassador representing Antigua and Barbuda. Ambassador Webson is the president of UNICEF and the former executive director of Perkins International. Thank you so much. It is a great pleasure to be here with all of you to be here with friends. And um, Kim, thank you very much for the invitation and for the opportunity to speak to the group. For me, it is always an honor to be invited by a group of colleagues and friends, and it is always a great time when I'm back amongst persons who share similar experiences to myself, and I am delighted that I have this opportunity to speak to you, um, colleagues of the ACB. Let me sort of clarify a little bit about my role and my um, title so that it's, it's, it's often mixed up between the U.S. and the U.N. I am Antigua and Barbuda's permanent representative and ambassador to the United Nations. We do have an ambassador to the United States. In fact, I was offered to be ambassador to the United States, and I said, no way. <laughs> that was two years ago. Before anything changed, I still said no way. <laughs> okay? But I am with the United Nations. And as a result, having spent the last two and a half years at the UN, I was um, elected to be president of the UNICEF executive board, so I am now president of UNICEF. Thank you. So at the United Nations, of course, we are engaged in, in, in discussions around the big issues, as they say, the issues that challenge the world. The main thing that we are discussing that we are faced with these days is challenging a new agenda for the world called the SDGs, Social Development goals. I want to talk about the broad issues of how persons with disabilities, how persons who are blind and, and our organizations are changing and the challenge we have. I think it is important to do that because our world is changing. The important piece in that is to note where we are in the United States. We are very involved with a lot of the big discussions. We are involved as you, with, with, with what I said, the 50,000 feet discussions. But yet there are many issues that we need to examine as, or, as an organization and begin to challenge ourselves in this new era of change. We in the United States still have not yet ratified Marrakesh, right? I think somebody made reference to Marrakesh. 
very important issue and we need in terms of persons who are blind. We need, we have not ratified the UNCRPD, United Nations Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. Now, it's, we can say for ourselves, we, we move on with ADA, but we have a moral responsibility to the rest of the world as well. So the UNCRPD remains a, a, a big, every year something that comes up, and we, those persons who are from the United States, we hang our head a little bit because it's not there. There are still the issues of, we have to think about the SDGs. We have all signed on to the SDGs two years ago, and this is an issue that we as countries need to also understand and move forward, and our organization similarly, and I'll come back to that. There are still others, the rights to development for people as a whole, and how does that affect our people throughout the United States, and I mean all peoples. And that's another matter that we will reference. And finally, the point of inclusion, which is the issue that I want to focus most on. I believe I have been able to accomplish what I have been able to accomplish in life because my family gave me the opportunity to be inclusive. Inclusive in education opportunities and inclusive, most importantly, in play and community interaction. That in itself laid the groundwork for the kind of person I have become. And I think that is important for us to pay attention to as we move forward and define the discussion on inclusion. So, let me now refer to the challenges that I, I see we, we are facing. In the international community, as we move forward in this thing that we call the SDGs, Social Development Goals, or the 2030 Agenda, I don't know how many of you have heard of that. And I ask that because last night, coming through the airport, I asked a, a young lady who was assisting me, if she knew what the United Nations was, and she said no. So that told me a lot of stories, right? So I want to say that it is important that we understand what the SDGs are. And the reason why is because it, the mantra of that initiative, and it's an international initiative that the United States itself has brought onto, is that we will leave no one behind. And because of leaving no one behind, I want to ask the questions about our own organizations. We generally begin to challenge who are the people furthest left behind in our societies. The fact and reality is the poorest people in every society are persons with disabilities. Blind people and other people with disabilities. We are the poorest people. Maybe not those of you sitting in the audience. You are the elite, maybe. But the ones who are furthest behind are the poor. So I raised the question in my paper here, my short presentation here. What do we know about the changing face of the United States and therefore the changing circumstances of persons who are blind? What are the questions they are asking? Do we know where the persons who are blind in the Bronx are? In Brooklyn, South Florida, in rural communities? And what is happening to them? Do we know what the education opportunities are for them? Do we know what the welfare and social assistance system is doing for them or to them? 
And I, I actually can say some of the reasons why I ask these questions is because I know there are people who went to school with me in Trinidad and in Antigua who are immigrants to the United States, and I know they're not as fortunate as I am. I also asked the question, what is the biggest challenge facing our community, the blindness community? We and I engage in the issues and discussions of technology and the discussions of the question of employment. Ever since I started working in the 80s and began, began to be involved in, in the field of services for persons who are blind, the question of employment has always been an issue. Have we challenged ourselves to understand where that, if that has shifted in favor of creating more employment opportunities for persons who are blind? We may say technology, will, technology is helping, and it does. But at the same time, even amongst people who are not blind, the sighted world, technology has created larger unemployment gaps. So the question for us is, how do we address the issue then of employment? Because I see employment as the biggest challenge facing persons who are blind in any society, whether it's a developed country, a middle-income country, or a developing country. And we have to begin to find answers. One of the ways we are addressing some of the questions around human development through the United Nations forces are through understanding data. I do not know where our community is, the blindness community is, in terms of the data information age, in terms of getting data to understand what are the situations and crises facing our communities. Where people are, what are they doing, what do we do about it? We have also looked at the question of the changing face of persons who are blind in the, in the communities. More persons with multiple disabilities are appearing before us. How are we engaging these people and their families remain a major and open question. I like to say, and I said this from my Perkins days, these are the voiceless people. While the Aubrey Websons, and forgive me, my old buddies, Paul Edwards and Kim Charlson and Brian Charlson, and I'm sure I could mention others, are fine. These people are the voiceless people whom we must find space for in our discussion and at our table. We cannot pretend they do not exist. In the Latin America and the Caribbean last year, we had an outbreak of Zika, and even in South Florida. Zika is the mosquito-borne disease that when the mothers are bitten during pregnancy, their kids were born with hydrocephalus. What does that mean? If those children survive, you are going to have more children with multiple disabilities. What is our advocacy campaign on behalf and with the families of those people and with those people themselves? In the world today, we are saying, we as persons who are blind fought the battle 20 years ago, nothing for us without us. While we have won much of the advocacy struggle, the battle for services must continue. And we therefore have to address that from that position. I know that there is a continuous discussion around education and training. 
the question of training persons who are teaching persons in schools and the question of how do we do that. The question of Braille. I want to tell you a story about Braille that I think might appeal to some of you here. We have been debating for the last 20 years since computers and technology has become fashionable, the issue of Braille. I am a person who loves technology. I do. I believe it. Very important. But I can tell you, having been at the United Nations, having met persons who are blind, who are either working in high-profile jobs or not, most, if not all, of those persons have said to me, I wish I knew Braille like you. Because of my knowledge of Braille, I am able not to speak only on, off my feet, but also to speak in formal presentations with, and I know people use other adaptation for, forms, and they do it very well. But what many of those people have said to me, including a blind person who is an ambassador himself, including a blind person who is in a high-profile legal department and governments, and so on, is if I knew Braille, I can get to information a little quicker like you can. And I can make much more formalized presentation within a meeting, not just a presentation based on my As I get older, Braille becomes more important because then the memory isn't as always as good. So that is very important. I will talk more about this Braille revelation in a way tomorrow um, when I speak with the Braille group. But I think it's important that I say that and share that in the broader context now so that people understand that I don't think Braille is important without technology. I think Braille and technology is not... And, and you guys, all of you have heard that almost every day here. Braille and technology goes together. It enhances. It makes us better. It makes us more equal. makes us more equitable. Those issues are issues that we face. I want to leave you with a few more things around the broader scope because I believe the broad issues are the point. The seat at the table for persons who are blind and their organizations. As I said, we have fought the advocacy battle and we have gotten a milestone. We now have to broaden our scope of interaction. We cannot change and bring about real change for persons who are blind at all levels, and I mean all levels, without being fully inclusive within our context in, in, in policy development, in being at the table. We cannot do it by being amongst ourselves or only amongst organizations of persons who are blind or organizations of persons with disabilities. We have to be fully inclusive. It is important to me when I see persons with disability challenge for opportunities that are not normally challenged, but normally charged as, an, as a specialized opportunity for persons with disabilities or persons who are blind. Last year, we had a young woman from Spain who campaigned to seek a seat at the table in one of the broader United Nations committees. She did not win, but it was an excellent opportunity because what she did by her challenge is that she broadened the horizon and people began to say, okay, she, blind persons can fight equal opportunity battles and that you are not just seeking a place on the table of the expected table. You are bringing the difference. The difference, I tell you, is when you are engaged with everybody, not 
only amongst ourselves. I know that from, again, being in the, in the discussions in the United Nations. And I believe I'm speaking to the choir here. You people all know this. But we have to find ourselves in town hall meetings. We have to find ourselves at the policy table with others. While we campaign for what we need for the community of persons who are blind, we must recognize that your competition is everybody. And our advocacy for opportunity is based on the rights of the person, the human rights of the person. And that human rights respect, is the respect of all people. The SDGs, where I began, its campaign focus is leaving no one behind. If we take that seriously and point towards that, whether the person is blind or the person is poor, regardless of the circumstances that the individual faces, that person will be brought to the table. The needs of that person will be brought to the table. I want to summarize by saying the main issues for me that we need to look at to change circumstances are employment, education, and a recognition of the changing face of the society we live in and therefore the changing face of the community of persons who are blind. I thank you again for the opportunity to speak to you. Thank you, Robert. Okay. I've been asked to, to clarify what the SDG is. The SDG is the Sustainable Development Goals. Just permit me to say two minutes, two seconds about the Sustainable Development Goals is the international agenda set by the world in 2015 that it's called, you might hear it be referred to as the 2030 Agenda. It's the agenda that the world has set to 17 goals to address the question of poverty and broadly to address the question of development, inclusion of persons with disabilities, inclusion of women, and inclusion of all people, and addressing the question of climate change for societies that it addresses. All of those goals are signed on by every single 193 United Nations countries, including our own here, the United States, and the agenda to help to... Um, provide equal opportunity for equal services for all people in all communities. And um, it's an aspirational agenda, but agenda that we all seek to. Thank you. Aren't we lucky to have had such an inspirational speech? We need to be reminded of those type of issues from time to time. Okay. Shelly Foley, or, uh, Hart, excuse me. I'm, that's because I knew her back when. Shelly, are you here at the podium? Okay, we're getting her here. We have awards to give. That is always fun. And um, the co-chair of that committee, Rochelle Hart, is making her way here. I am very honored to have the opportunity again this year to co-chair the awards committee. I have a very special award to present, and this one is the Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award. And let me tell you just a little bit about it. It's given in honor of ACB's founding father and first national representative. It is presented to a recipient who exhibits a very positive image 
for blindness in his or her community. This gentleman is one of the only totally blind UN ambassadors ever to serve in the United Nations. He has many responsibilities and is most adept at doing them all. He is also serving presently as a chair of UNICEF board. A native of Antigua and Barbados, this man began his career as executive director of the Caribbean Council for the Blind and continued with important work on behalf of Helen Keller International and Sight Savers International. He was appointed as the new director of Perkins International in 2011. He led strategic and operational efforts, expanding Perkins' work in over 65 countries. With his previous work on blindness efforts in the Caribbean and Africa, he brought extensive international experience to this position. Before being named Perkins International Director, he served for more than 15 years as program coordinator of the Institutional Development Program. Prior to that, he was with Sight Savers International and Helen Keller International, where he advised the HKI African and Caribbean Development Programs. From 1981 to 1987, he was the chief executive of the Caribbean Council for the Blind and has also served as adjunct professor or guest lecturer at Wheelock College, East Nazarene College, Boston University, Boston College, the University of South Africa, University of Bender, and Uganda College of Special Education. And it is my privilege and the privilege of the 2017 Awards Committee to present this year Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award to Dr. Aubrey Webson. Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award presented to Dr. W. Aubrey Webson for his exemplary service to people who are blind around the world and for his innovative approach to seeing people who are blind in new ways. July 2nd, 2017, Sparks, Nevada. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much, ACB. Thank you very much. It's, some, it's an honor, unexpected, but indeed an honor that my family and I graciously appreciate and accept. Thank you all. I just wanted to say, when Kim asked me and told me about this, I want, one of the things I wanted to be sure I said that this honor of, of any award I receive for my personal accomplishment is an accomplishment of my family and myself, and I mean my extended family from in Antigua, because I believe, had it not been for my family, my family's willingness to, de to deal with inclusion before inclusion was fashionable, I would not be where I am. So I receive this in the name of my ancestors and in the name of my family. Thank you very much. That was W. Aubrey Webson.
United Nations ambassador representing Antigua and Barbuda. He was recorded during the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind in Reno, Nevada in July 2017. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. The CD edition of the ACB Braille Forum is being discontinued after the January 2018 issue of the magazine. The CD format will be replaced by an NLS-style digital cartridge. Note that with this format, each issue of the magazine must be returned in order to receive the next issue. Other format options for your ACB Braille Forum subscription include large print, Braille, podcast, a download from acb.org, or email. To sign up for the email subscription, send your email address to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org. If you currently receive the CD format, please let us know immediately which format you prefer as a replacement. If we do not hear from you, we will automatically transfer your subscription to the new digital cartridge format. You will need the Library of Congress digital talking book player to listen to this new format. If you do not have this player, contact your local National Library Service library. If you have questions or to make your format choice, contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office at 1-800-424-8666 or send an email to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org. The annual mid-year meeting and legislative seminar of the American Council of the Blind will take place from Saturday, February 24th through Tuesday, February 27th, 2018 in Alexandria, Virginia. The weekend will begin with a board meeting of the American Council of the Blind on Saturday, February 24th, followed by the affiliate president's meeting on Sunday, February 25th, the legislative seminar on Monday, February 26th, and Capitol Hill meetings with legislators on Tuesday, February 27th. The hotel for these meetings is the Crown Plaza Alexandria, located at 901 North Fairfax Street, Alexandria, Virginia, 22314. Room rates before taxes are $117 per night. The hotel phone number is 703-683-6000. Visit acb.org or contact the National Office of the American Council of the Blind for additional information about this event. Whether you are an entering college freshman, an undergraduate student, a graduate student, or attending a technical college, the American Council of the Blind has great scholarship opportunities for students who are legally blind. Over $45,000 in scholarships are awarded to students each year by the American Council of the Blind. To be eligible, you must be legally blind in both eyes, maintain a 3.3 grade point average, and be involved in both your school and local community. As a scholarship winner, you will experience firsthand the ACB National Conference and Convention, where you will meet other students who share the same life experiences. You will create lasting friendships and network with individuals who understand what you are going through and can help you along your journey. The 2018 ACB scholarship application process is now open. The form must be submitted no later than 11.59 p.m. Central Standard Time on February 15, 2018. For more information, contact D. Thien in the ACB National Office at 800 866 3242.
That's 800-866-3242. Or visit acbonline.org for additional information. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.